You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue on with our exclusive coverage of Third Watch, the best television show to ever be a television show. We're still in the second season. We're into the 10th episode of that second season. This one is called History. It aired on the 18th of December in the year 2000 for those playing at home. It was written by Lance Gentile and directed by Jace Alexander. My name is Ben, and what I need to do is take a dump. <laughs> Damn it, you took mine again. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one I had. Do you want me to Damn do you want me to do it again? Do you want me to change do you want me to change it so you can have that one? <laughs> no, no. Um my name is Darvell and wow Bosco, glad to know you survived by the sheer what was it? Uh, oh, fuck. The, the, wow, Bosco, glad to know you survived by <laughs> sheer stupidity or something like that. I don't know. Dobbell's back. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yep. Welcome back, Dobbell. Uh, how, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, thanks. Um, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. You know, still. Still have still have my still have my moments like what we discussed at the end of After Hours, but. You're plugging I'm along, com- but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm plugging along. That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. But obviously, uh, Brandy was back for a couple of episodes. You're back here, so uh, we're here to talk about this episode. Now we're back into a doc episode, and I kind of mentioned to Brandy um, at the end of this episode that I- I'm kind of going into this one with a bit more of an open mind. I feel than um, I have with so far every episode. Obviously, nine episodes into this season, I've bought everything. I think this season's brilliant. I'm on a run of eleven in a row, given that I bought the last two of the first season. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of mentioned that I, I feel this is maybe one of, if not the weakest episode of this season. Um, there's, a, there's another one maybe that is possibly around this, but I think maybe it's just a little bit better. So, um, I'm maybe just going to be interested to see how I feel when it comes to a rating. Cause I, I think maybe my streak might get broken at this one. I'm not saying I'm going to bin it. I'm not saying this is a terrible episode, but, um, I, I probably would say that, you know, this, this is possibly the the worst episode of the season, even though it's still a very good episode of Third Watch, I would still rank this higher than a lot of future episodes in future seasons, but uh, yeah, I don't know if you have any sort of initial thoughts going into this episode. Yeah, truth be told, I found this one a little a little harder to you know, really wrap my, wrap my head around. Yeah. You know, and we'll 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 discuss why, like, when we get to a, a particular scene that I that I had in mind. Mm. Well, I look forward to that. Yeah, it's it's just a. I mean, it's nothing like again. This is a strong episode compared to a lot of you know future seasons. You know, season five, season six episodes. You'd easily rank this above any of those. Maybe a few exceptions, but um, I just think that you know Doc is kind of online with um with Yokus and the fact that he gets three sort of individual episodes this season, and this is by far the weakest. It's kind of, it's a strange one. It's, I mean, not as strange as some episodes we will get, but it's just, I don't know. To me, it feels a little bit left of field that this storyline comes into it with Doc and kind of, we never hear about this storyline again. Um, I mean, there's some good stuff in this episode. There is definitely some good stuff oh, yes. in this episode, but... I don't know, just as an overall vibe, I, I'm not sure kind of how I'm, I'm gelling on this. But, um, well, obviously, we'll work it out. Maybe our minds will completely change by the end of this. Who knows? Um, but I think... The- oh! Go, Darvell, yes. 
Um, oh, I just remembered. I did have I did have another I did have another quote. It oh. just came into my head. Well, save it. Save it to the end. Use it as yep. your closing one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't 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 blow your load yet, Darvell. You still got an opportunity to fire again. <laughs> Remember okay. it. Bookmark it. Come back to it for the closing. Because I don't have one for the closing. Well, so you know you, you're going to have one more than me. Um, so I guess kind of you know back to sort of an individually centric one here. Um, that, you know, we kind of sort of didn't really have too much of one in run of the meal, although, again, we, we technically said it's sort of a Sully episode. But uh, we've got uh, dear old Doc starting off here. He's doing some martial arts, and good on you, Doc, for getting out there and wearing your little bathrobe and doing your little weird things out. The thing that I kind of just... I always remember this as the Doc Does Martial Arts episode because then we've got this kind of on-screen writing, which is a bit weird. We've got him doing all these weird little moves, and the first one I've written here, Il Jang, which uh, I, I can't remember what that actually means. I think I've written Haran or something like here. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's just a nice little payoff we'll get with Doc doing this. He's relaxing because he's got to calm down his temper, I guess. But um, we'll get to Doc doing martial arts soon. Um, but I like this kind of start of the episode though, this nice little pan into the ambulance with Doc and Carlos and, you know, Carlos back to talking about his grades for med school, um, Doc complaining. Which are not very good. No, as we will find out this episode. Um, we obviously find out here that the, uh, the firefighters or the bucket boys, uh, apparently show up early to, uh, scenes that, uh, to calls that they get just because they get extra, uh, revenue or something based on the amount of runs that they do, uh, which... I, you think that's true? I could see it being true. Uh, I mean, I think kind of what this show sort of does, you know, to an extent, extent well, um, uh, even though they kind of do forget about it later on in the show is, I guess, shows sort of the discrepancies between these... Uh, industries, which I guess we haven't really talked too much about. Like, I mean, we had a few episodes go, obviously, the firefighters and the, the police have a bit of a rivalry, and I think kind of we do get a bit of an ongoing thing that um, the paramedics obviously work out of the firehouse, and, you know, it's generally the firefighters who get most of the glory. So, um, yeah, I think... I, I, I could see that yeah. being true. I mean, do you think that's true? It's possible. Mm. You know, I have some fr- I have some friends who are... I have some friends who are, who are firefighters and some friends who are paramedics. I might have to ask. You that. might have to, yeah. It could be just a New York thing. Uh, I don't know. But, um, yeah, for sure. Any FDNY officers, let us know. Um, one thing I just wanted to quickly add, I like kind of the shot of the ambulance we get here. There's like a sort of a wreath and holly on the front of their ambulance because obviously we're still technically at Christmas time after we had our Christmas episode <laughs> last week. Um but I, just, I mean, it's just a nice little way to start this episode where Carlos and Doc are sort of just having this conversation, uh, bang on this door, and you've got sort of these Spanish-speaking uh, people who are just yelling at each other, not listening. Carlos then all of a sudden decides to bang on the door and say, Immigration! Um, just scare the shit out of these people. To which one guy just jumps out the window. <laughs> I just love the way... I think it's, Is it Jimmy or Taylor? Who's just, I think it's Jimmy who's on the radio and is just sort of like, uh, Doc, uh, uh, can I just jump Doc. out the window? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It, nice way to start it. Nice way to start it. It's, I mean, you know, we're starting off good here. Then we're kind of back into the hospital. Uh, we've got beloved Nurse Mary because Dana's just been forgotten about because fuck Dana. Uh, <laughs> but um, Mary's now the star yeah. here. Um, and we've got, obviously, Doc and Carlos having this conversation. Carlos is going to get the cookies and Mary's saying about his... Carlos, Nieto will be eating my cookies again. You tell him that I will rip his hand off and feed it to my fish. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mary. Yeah. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> I can tell because you keep saying fuck Dana every time. Yeah, well, I mean, get. you know, look, you know, Mary's in it a lot more than Dana is. I mean, Mary's basically yes. in it from yes. now until the end of the show. So she's kind of like the permanent side nurse, whereas Dana, I believe, is written out at the end of this season. So, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of long, ongoing, memorable characters of Third Watch, including memorable side characters, then for sure Mary's better than Dana. Hashtag Mary's better than Dana. Um, First hashtag of the go. episode. Woo! Whoa, Darvell's very excited. He's been missing these. Uh, <laughs> it's right up there with hashtag Dirty Kid and hashtag Bobby Goes Nowhere. Bobby Goes Nowhere. Um, which, again, is very much evident in this episode. Um, we've also got... Um, Random Bosco and Yokus having arrested some guy for a traffic stop who just happens to be a sports agent. And I kind of like Yokus's conversation there with Doc. Is it? Uh, it is Doc, and she's kind of like, "Oh, I just have to put up with it because the Knicks suck." Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm kinda, no comment. I'm kind of sad that they they steer away from um, you know, sort of sports talk. So I, I like it kind of on these shows when um. You know the the play uh, the the characters sort of get behind a team, and obviously very New York. So of course you're going to expect them to go for New York teams. But uh, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you know we know Sully's a Yankees fan. We we know Davis is a Jets fan, and clearly Bosco's is a Knicks fan. No one's a Rangers fan. No one likes hockey on Third Watch apparently. Um, but yeah, uh, I just kind of like kind of little subtle little moments that we'll um we'll get along mm-hmm. the way. Um, Doc leaves the hospital, we'll kind of exit, and, uh, we meet Beverly. Uh, <gasps> oh, here she is, the beloved Ooh. Beverly. Um, former friend Double of Doc's, B. um, played Double by B. Candy Double. Alexander, uh, a one-off star here of, um, of Third Watch. We'll never see her again, so don't get attached to her. But esteemed actress, Candy Alexander, I mean, she's been in plenty of things, um, lots and lots of things here, obviously, but we'll go over her in just a second. But, uh, she's there visiting her sick dad. He's got cancer and, um, they kind of sort of reconnect in a way. They're just kind of like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, uh, and then she's all like, oh, can I call you? And then Doc's just kind of blowing her off. He doesn't want to see her. It's like, oh, I'll call you. Um, and then obviously we get a bit of Carlos being Carlos. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Nice. Um, and basically I, I love kind of Carlos's line. Did you get some, you get yourself some of that back in the day? Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> oh, just man. a nice little Carlos. And Carl, before, before, Carl, just before, Carl. before we get to this here, I'll get you to say some stuff about this if you want to, Duffel, but the opening credits happen. And ladies and gentlemen, I've been waiting for this moment, but I can finally say, as of episode 10, season 2, Third Watch, history, Amy Carlson, officially a cast member of Third Watch, she's in the credits, ladies and gentlemen. She's finally made the credits. Congratulations, Amy Carlson. Um, anything you want to add about this uh, sort of opening section here in the beloved Beverly? The question is, why is she there? I mean, it's a very good obviously question. Obviously, she's seen. Obviously, she's obviously she has come back into Doc's life for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is that? What reason? is that reason, Darvell? Do you know? Uh- <laughs> I do. Oh. But do you? Uh, and will our listeners? No, nah, I didn't. I didn't watch this episode. I just kind of making this shit up as I go along. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't worry. We will learn. As the episode progresses. Yes, we will. And I mean, I should really mention here with, uh, with Candy Alexander, uh, I mean, she's what, kind of one of these every actors that sort of, you know, you, you know her face straight away. She's been in so many different things. 
Um, her very first role, funnily enough, she was the choreographer for David Bowie's fashion film clip. There's a bit of a random stat uh, for you. R.I.P. David Bowie. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, probably first well-known uh, as playing Catherine Duke in uh, the 90s sitcom News Radio. Uh, she then went on oh, to be class. Jackie Robbins in ER. So, again, kind of in this world where ER and Third Watch live in the same universe. Um, beloved Beverly, uh, only like the next year would go on to play Jackie Robbins in ER. Uh, but I guess she's probably best known, I would say, as, uh, she played Alex Woods in CSI Miami. So, uh, if you're a- That's where- There that's you where go. I know, there you I know go. Voice from. <laughs> you knew her. You were waiting for- You were waiting for the name. Yeah, well, there you go. Just she, couldn't think of the name. She, uh, she also, she was, uh, currently in Scandal, uh, on that TV show, uh, and also had a small role in There's Something About Mary. Good movie. She played Joni in that film, so, uh, there you go. Candy Alexander, ladies and gentlemen, the beloved Beverly, who, can I just say, when we get to the yeah. end of this season and we do our random side characters, who are your favourites, she's not going to be one of them. Uh, <laughs> I don't really like Beverly. <laughs> I mean, I have nothing against Candy Alexander. I think she's a great actress, but Beverly, meh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't you just love it when the old fling stops, stops, Look, comes back? I, d- I don't mind the old fling. I just don't like the old fling who doesn't have any chemistry. Like, these two do not have chemistry at all. Like, Doc and Morales, they just have ooze chemistry. These two, were they really a thing in <laughs> high school? And other things, too. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Darby went the Ben route there. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I had to. Did you did you notice any chemistry between these two? I mean, maybe that's the thing they're not meant to because obviously it's been so long and since this tragedy, but um yeah, I don't know. Did you did you pick up on anything between these two because I didn't? Not really. Doc was avoiding her like the plague. Yeah. True. And like, I mean, Candy Alexander, attractive woman, but uh, yeah, give me Lisa Vidal any day of the week. So, mm-hmm. agreed. <laughs> just, just yeah. Put leave Candy up. Alexander to go on three years later answering, Alex. What do we have? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Put the glasses on. Um. Did now? Did she? So she would have shared some scenes then with Eddie Cibrian then, because you know Eddie Cibrian was a regular on CSI Miami for at least a year, wasn't he? A couple of years, but. I think by then she had left CSI Miami. Oh, okay. So not one of these crossover ones. Kind of like the uh, whole Scream TV series when Jason Wilde's character apparently got killed off and was replaced by Anthony Rivervar. So uh, that makes sense then. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, yeah, beloved Beverly. We only have to talk about her for one episode. She's the dirty kid of this episode. She goes nowhere. Um, <laughs> but... Doc's back doing his water pose now, but this time Doc's getting into it, Darvell, because he's going, Hi-ah! you know, yeah. good old yeah. Doc getting angry with his martial arts. Um, yeah. Then we, I love this scene with Carlos when he's just kind of having this talk about ex-girlfriends, about how it's awkward, and how he has this conversation about, Oh, I'm always just standing there wondering what they look like naked. And then the boyfriend knows that I know. And then I know that the boyfriend knows. We both know. Uh, <laughs> it's just weird. To love, love Carlos. Like, can I just say, this is the first episode we get some good Carlos. Like, we've kind of talked a little bit about him in terms of... I mean, like, we got some good Carlos in After Hours. But, you know, we've sort of joked yes. about how Carlos is really going nowhere. But again, the payoff is massive. Uh, you know, we're not getting a huge amount of Bosco so far this season, but again, you know, he gets some good stuff. So, 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun Carlos episode. We 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 go to this apartment where we meet Darla and Charlie. Um, yeah, and uh, they're two, I guess, mentally challenged uh, people who are having a bit of yes. issues. They're looking after themselves, and kind of. I mean, I guess what a lot of this episode is is really about Doc and kind of this perceived nature of his. That he's a you know plays God and is you know Mister Perfect. And I guess kind of the, the parallel here is what happened in his past. But uh, he wants to take Darla into the hospital to check these burns out. But uh, Carlos and Taylor... But she hates hospitals. Yeah, she hates hospitals, she hates doctors, and basically Carlos and Taylor talk her away. I do like kind of Doc's animosity towards Taylor. Don't you have a fire to put out or something? like This is, I think, the first time we kind of really get Doc going off at Taylor for the opposite. Usually it's kind of, you know, stop being a firefighter and come be a paramedic. This is the opposite. This is stop being a, a paramedic and go be a firefighter. Um, so, yeah, it's... Maybe that's why she got jerked around from between the two jobs so much throughout her time on the show. Yeah, well, I mean, this is kind of what I was saying about Taylor a few episodes ago. Is that, again, you know, I never really liked her at first, but I kind of liked just watching sort of this development. Having said that, there is a massive plot hole, a massive continuity error in this episode, which we'll get to with Taylor. Um, but, um, we, yeah, I, I just kind of like this scene, but special note here, because uh, we're going to see Darla and Charlie again, kind of see, well, Charlie's sort of dead next time we see him, spoiler alert. Um, spoiler alert. But just a special note, this is kind of another case of, uh, you know, an actor here who, I guess, goes on to, um, better, bigger and better <sighs> things. Uh, Darla here played by Rachel Dratch. Now, that's not really probably a household name for most people. You're probably thinking, well, who the hell is that? Why are you pointing her out? If you, um... Have you ever watched Saturday Night Live uh, since two thousand? Uh, since nineteen ninety nine? You know who uh, Rachel Dratch is now. Saturday Night Live not that big here in Australia, but she's definitely like she's one of these actresses who is, I guess, she's on Saturday Night Live, but she's in so many different shows, like so many different comedies. She was in Thirty Rock for a long time. Um, and just so many, she's just kind of one of these side comedians who is always popping up in different videos and stuff along the way. So, um, definitely as soon as I saw her, I'm like, Hey, that's that chick who's like in everything. I didn't necessarily know her name, but, um, yeah, she, she's definitely gone on to bigger and better things since third watch. Um, and this was actually one of her very first, uh, screen roles, believe it or not. Her second screen role after she played the character of Jude Russell in a, something called Serious Business in 1999. So... There you go. We basically are at the very beginning of the esteemed uh, Rachel Dratch's career. So I just wanted to point that one out. And a long one it's been. Very much so. She's still going very, very strong. Um, we get uh, Doc going to college this time. I love Carlos at college. Um, kind of like Doc here. These are college students. They look 12 years old. As we know, that's no matter for Carlos after he was checking out high school students about, what, three episodes ago. Um, yeah, and after I was checking out 14-year-old kid, 14-year-old chicks at the bowling alley. He's, uh, he's here and he's playing with these bugs. Uh, cause apparently it's got something to do with genetics, fruit flies or something. As they're buzzing around right now. Yep. Uh, we meet this girl who's very much into Carlos and Carlos just blows her off. Uh, to which then Carlos meets... He, are all these professors at his college dicks to Carlos? This is kind of an ongoing thing. We've already seen it. Uh, you know, his professors yeah. don't necessarily like him. This time around, he's got some young professor who's just an absolute dick to him. He asks for an extension. Um, and I kind of like his line, can you put my virgins down? Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, and I just, yeah. I kind of like as they leave, you see a skeleton with a Santa hat on. I don't know, do you like Carlos at college? I kind of want this as a spin-off. 
it would only be about an episode. If there yes. was a if there was a if there was a spinoff called Carlos at college, it would only be about an episode, and I don't mean an hour long one either. Half hour sitcom, basically. <laughs> uh. Yeah, <laughs> all new Carlos at college, <laughs> NBC Monday. <laughs> Carlos in college is filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos yeah. walks in with his bugs and drops them everywhere. Carlos, oh, the crowd like goes, oh. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know, it's kind of right. Like, the thing with Carlos studying to become a doctor, I mean, I think we sort of mentioned it slightly before. I mean, it it goes nowhere, but they at least kind of bookend it slightly. Like, you kind of have this nice payoff with him, um, I guess, giving up slightly, and you kind of get a bit of that this episode. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's it's obviously, uh, you know, on another show we cover, Nip Tuck, we, we talk a lot about uh, Julia on that show seems to be an ongoing trope of hers. Like, let's go back to medical school. And then they just completely forget about it and just ignore the fact that she's there and then eventually just write it out of the storyline. Oh, what happened to you at medical school, Julia? Oh, you quit. Oh, we didn't see that, you know. We better mention that. Um, so at least they kind of have a bit of a payoff here with Carlos. You'll see that. Um, <laughs> random, this is, I think, the only Bobby scene. Oh, no, we get another Bobby scene later. It's a very brief blink and you miss it. But... Uh, Kim, Bobby, and Carlos talking about Christmas shopping. Um, cool. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, that's a fun scene. We needed to have Bobby do something this episode, and Kim, I guess. Beverly shows up to uh, to the firehouse to try and um, track down Doc. And uh, and how did she find out what firehouse he well, was in? Well, this, this is my... I'm glad you raised that, because she says, the hospital said you work here. Now... This hospital knows nothing about security. Can I just walk into any hospital in New York and go, oh, where does paramedic Darvell Stewart work? Oh, he works at this firehouse. Oh, okay, cool, what's the address? Like, I could hate your guts and I could just walk up and shoot you. Like, I mean, great security. Uh, you know who did that? I'm blaming Dana. Dana gave that information out, clearly. It wasn't Mary. No. <laughs> Mary wouldn't do that. Mary's smart. You know, she's she's protecting her cookies. She protects her staff, even though they're not really staff. But, like, I mean, what hospital is this, Starville? Is this an American thing that you just... You're that nice and friendly, you give out addresses to strangers? <laughs> Thankfully, I have never spent extended periods of time in hospitals, unless you count when I was first born, which I obviously do not recall. But I would say no. A hospital, unless the person is either new or has a grudge against someone, would not give out an address. Yeah. I, I mean, it could be a sign of the times. It's the year 2000. People would be more trusting back then. I remember the year 2000. People weren't that trusting back then. So I'm calling bullshit on this scene. <laughs> I mean, again, I was 13 years old. But, uh, you know, stranger danger and all that yeah, stuff. I was about 10. Um, so we, we obviously, you know, Beverly's hanging around a bit more this time around. She's talking about that she's got a son his age. Oh, do you ever think about him? Maybe we should tell her the truth. Doc said, like, this is 20 who's years Who's him ago. and who's her? Yeah, I know. This is, you know, t this, I mean, the thing I'll say about this episode, and it's something that I know Nora and I talk a little bit about in Lost, and just pay attention to what I'm about to say here, because in a few seasons' time, this is going to be every episode, but it just feels very network TV for me. It's kind of that story of the week to create some tension that's just there and it never, you'll never hear from it again. That's, I guess, my problem. This is yeah. kind of what I think this season has done so well and sort of it started off last season is, you know, it's, it's kind of the ER factor in that it just, the continuous storyline, it feels like you're watching a continuous show. 
Whereas, you know, yeah, you're going to have your one episode arcs, but there's still connections with it. To me, this episode kind of just feels out of place because, again, like, I see what they're trying to do. You know, Doc's painted as this perfect, you know, do-gooder guy, but of course he's not perfect um, because he's had this happen to him in his past. But, um, yeah, I just don't... like. He's a really random connotation, really random connection, which you won't get. None of our listeners outside of Australia would ever get this. Uh, we had a TV show growing up called Always Greener. To me, it's probably the greatest Australian TV show ever made. It only lasted for two seasons. Um, it was kind of like a dramedy. It was kind of about these two families who um, they swapped lives. So, like, one of them lived in the city, one of them lived in the country, and there was, like, a brother and sister, and they each had a family. And then they basically had some shit going down in their lives, and they decided to, well, let's swap. Like, you go live in the country, we'll go live in the city. Kind of a real sort of fish-out-of-water thing. It was, it was, you know, it was very, it was a great show. Um, and it's such a shame it only lasted two seasons. But um, there was a storyline where one of the, the guy, the family who moved to the country, their son started going off the rails. So in, in order to kind of pull him back into line, the dad randomly told a story about how when he was his age, he got drunk, got behind the wheel, crashed his car and ended up killing his friend in the front seat. You know, it's like, oh, don't be like me, son. Like, you know, you, you watch your actions. Fair enough. Typical TV. I get what they're trying to do mm-hmm. there. The difference is that kind of had a payoff because the son kind of got his shit together and stopped going off the rails because he listened to his dad. He got some life scared into him. He never expected his dad to be involved in that. So it worked. I guess it kind of works in this episode because you never expect Doc to have done something like that. And I know we've kind of gone on this whole connotation about how Doc has this tragic story. He goes from having everything to basically having nothing by the time he leaves his show. So you could argue it's part of that. But my thing with this storyline is that, and I know we're getting headaches, we haven't kind of gotten to the reveal of what this is, it really goes nowhere. It's just shoved down your throat, like, oh, Doc did this when he was young, oh, what a tragedy, and he tells one person, and it's forgotten about. So, like, that's kind of my thing, how this episode feels very TV, network TV, which feels out of place in this season. If this episode was in, like, season five, probably wouldn't bother me as much, because that's generally how that season would go. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've got anything to add on that. I'm just going on another Ben Waterworth rant here, Darville, but, uh, <laughs> you know. What more could they have done with this particular storyline, though, than what they did in this episode? True. Like, absolutely. You're 100% correct. There's not a whole lot. But, I mean, they could have maybe connected a little bit more with the other, like, the paramedics, like, when they keep dropping references to him saving Mother Teresa and all this sort of stuff, like... I'm not saying he should stand on top of the firehouse and shout it out to the world, but, you know, maybe, like, it's just random. It's just random that she appears. Like, have it so that, um, was it in the first season when Yokus, uh, has that accident where he, she, uh, she has to deal with that guy she went to high school with? Uh, sort of that crush it. Yeah, can. season one. So, like, you know, that was kind of connected into, like, you know, them storyline. This, the only way this is connected is that Beverly just happens to be at the hospital where Doc was, and by all, you know, letters of the, the kind of the abilities of Beverly. You probably argue that this is maybe a deliberate plan that she's deliberately got her dad booked into that because you know it kind of seems very coincidental that they just New York's a big bloody city, uh, and I guess they probably grew up in the same area. But I mean, is Doc really working yes. in the same area that he grew up in? I mean, I guess he kind of is probably, but um, I don't know. Like it just. Tied in a little bit more to something, like somehow connected a little bit more to Doc, so even the other paramedics know that he's not perfect or something. But um, I don't know. We'll get to that when we're obviously talking about it. I mean, did, would you have any other ways that they could connect this in a little bit more? Or? No, not really. 
I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like when Doc, he's like, without going into too many spoilers, but like later on when Doc leaves his show, you know how he leaves his show, you know kind of how he'll go out. And he brings up a lot of things from the past. If they had have brought this up in that episode, like if he randomly had said this in his kind of like closing things that he was saying, then yeah, I probably wouldn't have, because they would have connected this. It's just, it just goes, it's just, it, it, this is a dirty kid storyline. This is a legitimate dirty kid storyline. It's there for one episode. It's kind of random. And then you're kind of like, oh, okay, so Doc's not perfect. Fair enough. But the thing is, we know Doc's not perfect because there's a whole lot more Doc not perfect moments to come in the next three and a bit seasons before he leaves. So it's, oh, yeah. it's kind of like there's another issue, I guess, with it, is that had this been the only time we see Doc as a somebody who makes mistakes, then, yeah, probably fair enough. It's a, it's a good storyline, but... You've just got so much going on with his character and his tragic downfall that you would argue just trumps it. Because I mean, let's be honest, any third watch fan, I would I would I would put this out there to to, to Barb, to to Ortica, to anybody out there listening. Like, do you remember this episode? Do you remember that Doc technically killed someone? There you go, I'm spoiling the ending for you. Oh, Oh, man, I was going to say, spoiler alert, but you did it. <laughs> but, I mean, you, going into yeah. this, before sort of, like, you'd rewatch this episode, is that something that you would always remember with Doc's character? You know, when we get to the meaty stuff in Season 5, are you sitting there thinking, oh, shit, that's right, Doc killed someone when he was, like, 15 or however old he was? No. Exactly. That's not what, imme- that's not what, immediately, that's not what immediately comes to my mind when I think of, let's just say season five. And that's, that's, that's to me, I guess this episode, again, I'm not saying this is a terrible episode. I'm not going to bin this episode. I just feel that on the grand scheme of this show, this is a, a, an empty storyline. And there's one more episode this season, which I feel has a slight resemblance, but I think it is a better episode. Um, so anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm just Ben Waterworth ranting again. Here he goes. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would imagine that's nothing new. Nothing yet. at all. Nothing new. But uh, I mean, Beverly's here, rambling on. She's divorced twice. She drinks too much. Boohoo. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't care for Beverly. I do not care for Beverly. Like, I mean, don't come in and ruin Doc's life. He's got it going down for him. Because um, here is the beautiful Morales, who just happens to wake up immediately in the middle of the night, no questions asked. I just love in TV shows how characters will wake up on the like that quickly and just get up. They're not tired. They're not rubbing their eyes. They look beautiful, of course. Um, clearly how I wake up in the morning. Um, but Doc's awake. He's staring out the window. It's snowing. Uh, he's got stuff going on at work. Um, cool. Uh, Morales is worried for him. Um, next morning, we've got Stalker Doc. Standing outside a house, watching a woman coming out of a house, standing in a stoop, having a guy tell him off. Can I help you? Oh, sorry, wrong house. Wrong house. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like I just got like random guy who's just like, "Can I help you?" Which is a, a valid. Like, imagine if you walked outside your house right now, Darvel. There's a guy just standing there. You're just gonna be like, "Um, can I help you?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Bye. It's like, like are, are you looking for somebody? Or are you <laughs> you here to rob me? Yeah. Um. So we get just random firehouse scene. Carlos called in sick because he's I guess got two days to um do his work. So um Kim's sitting there ordering shit out of a catalog. Cool. Uh, Bobby's asking Taylor, "Are we on for Saturday night?" Cool. Uh, <laughs> this is just random Bobby and Kim. This episode. 
Um, I mean, this 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 episode to me sums up Bobby this season. Not touching Kim because Kim gets stuff this season. Whereas, like, <coughs> this is Bobby to a T this entire season. You on this Saturday night? Sure, that's all we get from him. Cool, thanks, Bobby. Cheers, mate. Here's your acting check, Bobby Cannavale. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, poor man. Bobby. Hashtag Bobby goes nowhere. Goes nowhere. Um, we find yep. Taylor and uh, Doc are going to be working together. Taylor complains mm-hmm. a lot this episode. Uh, she's complaining about this guy with a bellyache in the bar, and then we kind of just get this scene yep. where Taylor and Doc are having an argument outside because Doc obviously wanted to treat him, but this Taylor's arguing, well, if he wants to drink this amount before this time, then, you know, it's his choice, which I guess it's a fair point, but you also see Doc's point as well. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, Doc is this paramedic that we all know. Um, then <laughs> Carlos, back at college. Uh, <laughs> I love this scene. His flies are going everywhere. Um, <laughs> you do a, Mendel must be spinning in his grave. You, you, you definitely you have, like, you know, fantastic impersonations here, Darvel. You do a good sully. You do a good fly. Uh, <laughs> Wow, and you slapped them too. That might have been one of my virgins. <laughs> That's often what I do when I'm with virgins. Um, what? <laughs> what? Ben, that didn't even make sense. Did you just admit you slap virgins? What is that? That's no. Like, no, Ben, just no, okay? <laughs> just there's a line, Ben, and you crossed it. Um, but we get yeah. Dick Professor... You're boned. You're not getting into med school. Who is this guy? This haven't guy you is heard, a haven't dick. you heard of, haven't you heard affirmative actions dead? This guy is a dick, Darvel. Like uh we on our lost episodes we have the dick of the week. I'm I'm bringing that into our third watch coverage. This guy is a dick. Who is he? Like I mean fair enough if Carlos is struggling, but like are you really going to be this much of a dick to your student? <laughs> well, he obviously was. I wouldn't I wouldn't, but I mean, I would, I would, I would tell him, "Hey, man, you're not, you're not getting in, okay? You are not, you're not cut out for this." I think he just needs to be a bit like, you know, you know, just like, "Hey, look, you know, you really need to be like." I mean, you know, I went to university, I graduated, I spoke to like professors or tutors, as we would call them, Mm -hmm. lecturers. And not, I mean, I actually, okay, yep. admittedly, I did have one who kind of went off at me for no reason, but he was a dick. Um, but, like, outside of that, like, if I was struggling, they would at least kind of, like, I would go and question, like, oh, hey, you know, um, I got this mark, I maybe wasn't expecting it, can you tell me why? And they would explain it to me. And I'm like, okay, fair enough, fair, my bad, I'll, I'll do better next time, and I will do better next time. So, like, you know, yep. like, I just, mean, don't get why this dick my, is yelling my... at Carlos, he's, like, he's called off sick two days to do this assignment... As he says to him, I'm not some punk kid going out there getting high. He's working for the city. He's working his butt off. Why are they treating him so shit? Some people are just like that. Some people are just That's dicks. That's really all I can say. Darvel, this, this guy's a dick. I want to punch. I don't. I'm not a violent person. I would punch this guy. Nor in the am head. I. <laughs> I'm surprised Carlos didn't. Yeah. Well. Instead of punching a guy in the head, he decides to have sex with a fat chick. So, that's how Carlos Nieto works. <laughs> Can I actually, I just want to yeah. say, like, Jane, or as he calls her, Janet, um, I, I, I shouldn't say the fat chick. She's actually not that big, and she's actually kind of cute. I don't see the, like, you know, she's not that bad looking. So, um, I just love Carlos's kind of reaction here. Uh, so, his, his idea here is to get ahead. He's going to... 
go with the girl who's obviously really into him and steal her work. And I just love the way he's kind of sitting there thinking and the way he, like, spins around and he's like, hey, Janet. And she's just like, it's Jane. Jane. she's like, Jane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Love Carlos so much. Um, anything to add on this? I mean, I know we kind of talked about it there. I mean, again, I feel like I'm skipping through this, but by all means, if you've got anything to yeah. say, feel free to, uh, to add anything. All I know is that this scene, this scene alone, you know, Carlos, you know, fucking up really bad with the, with the fly experiment and then wanting to use, wanting to use Jan, uh, sorry, Jane's work. <laughs> It's Steve fine. and I fucked the name up. Um, we all do it. She looks like a Janet. Yeah, it made. How does one look like a certain name? I've always wondered. That. I, I don't know. Do you ever just not see a person like like if you're walking down the street and you look at a person, you just kind of like, yeah, he looks like a Sam. Like, I don't know. Like I, I have that. Like you know, I generally like. There are some people who just look like their name, like Chad. Remember Chaz from a few episodes? Not uh, not uh-huh. but not, not Chad. Chad. Chad is just kind of your your douchey college bro to me. Like, if I met a Chad, that's who I think they would look like. And it's kind of like certain girls' names just have an attractiveness about it. The name Grace to me is just a hot name. Oh, yes, We We know the esteemed Grace, middle ground Grace, that we'll get in a few seasons' time, Cara Bueno. Again, Grace, meh. Like, she's just meh, but she's hot. So, you know, like... It's- yeah, Carlos thinks so too. Yes, yeah. I mean we've got eyes. Carlos thinks so too. Um, yeah, so I don't associate the name Kim with hotness just because Kim Ray was hot because my mum's name was Kim, so I kind of can't go there with that. But you know, <laughs> but there are just some names like like Brooke, as we know, Eva Larue. Mm-hmm. Brooke is a hot name. Um, so, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, it's a very yeah. attractive name. So. It's... And Darvell is an unusual name. I like the name Darvell. A lot of people, but a lot, yeah, but a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people, you know, I don't know of a single person I've talked to who hates my name. Well, as um, they've, you, they've... as you often get, and I, you told, well, not, I wouldn't say told me off for, you corrected me for, because uh, it's kind of spelt Dorvell. But it's pronounced. Oh God, are we going there? <laughs> well, I just just to, to clarify that because I did bring that up on an episode once before when we mentioned you in season one. So yes, yes, but I think I know what I think I know what you're about to say. What but am, go ahead what, and, we'll, and you'll, oh. what am I about to say? I was kind of finished there, but um. <laughs> oh well, because of how it's because of how it's spelled, people used to people actually used to. People actually used to tease me for it when I was when I was in when I was li- when I was little. People used to tease me for it. They'd call me <laughs> they'd call me doorbell. Ah, right, right, right. Okay. And and it, um and not only that, but uh, it used to be when I would spell when I would spell check assignments that I would write. It would spell the spell checker would never recognize my name and it always wanted to change it to that. Same with autocorrect on my on my phone mm-hmm. at first. Yep. But um, it used to bother the hell out of me when people when people would do that, but when people would tease me about it. But now I just I just laugh right along with them. It's kind of a 
it's kind of a running gag and about I, my name, but... I could imagine when you say your name is Darvell, people will then spell it D-A-R-V-E-L-L. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, you're in a no-win situation, are you? Because you would say, oh, it's spelt like this. People are going to say, oh, Dorvel, But you're like, oh, it's pronounced Darvell. So, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're used to it. <laughs> yeah, this is but- the thing. People, you get used to it. Like my last name, Waterworth. It is really, if you think about it, it's an easy name to spell. It's water and worth. There's no tricks in it. There's no, like, you know, extra bits here and there. But I'm telling you, people don't listen and they always ask how to spell it. And I just simply say, it's water and worth. Um, and something that I also found, I find fascinating in America is, I guess it's because of how I pronounce it, if I say my first name, Ben, people in America look at me like, what, what was your name, sir? So I have to say it like an American accent. I have to go, Ben. Like I have to extend the E out. Ben. Like, I can't say Ben. They just don't know. When I was in... Here's a true story for you, and we'll get back to the episode. I was in mm-hmm. the Dallas airport. I was connecting a flight, and I went to uh, Wendy's, because we don't have Wendy's in Australia. Uh, well, we have Wendy's in Australia. Oh, Wendy's is good. I'm sorry. We do have Wendy's in Australia, but it's different. Our Wendy's is kind of like your Dairy Queen. It's like an ice creamery oh, sort of I place. Love Dairy Queen. We don't. They don't sell burgers and stuff. Anyway, so I went to Wendy's and they they ask for your name, um, which I'm like, okay. Um, and so they said, oh, what was your name? And I said, oh, it's Ben B E N. And like they call out this woman's calling out Mr Bean, Mr Bean, and I thought, like, oh, Mr Ben, fair enough. So I get my order. It is my order. She's written Mr. Bean, as in, like, Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean. I still have the receipt from Mr. Bean. Um, How long ago was this? Oh, this was in, like, June this year, 2017, to date this episode when we're recording it. So this was only, like, at the time of recording this, five months ago. So... <laughs> and you... you've you What? Were you, did you keep that receipt as a souvenir? Yeah, well, I, I kind of keep everything when I'm away as a souvenir, so I'm a bit weird that way. But, um, yeah, I've still got <laughs> Mr. Bean um, as I said, to send you the photo. Yeah, sh- shout out to the random Wendy's lady in the Dallas International Airport who may or may not stumble across this. Yeah, no, she won't, but... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway, uh, so uh, back to the episode. So we, yeah, um, we, and you, you go, you go, please, oh, Darvel, so, Darvel, Darvel. Say- <laughs> <laughs> okay, but what I was, I think what I was, I think what I was trying to say before we went off on this was that, you know, all Carlos wanting to use Jane's work and screwed up so badly with the flies and everything. <laughs> That alone makes me think that he'd make a terrible doctor. And he would. <laughs> well, this is actually—I mean, it's true because I mean the thing that I think um, it was on the the season one, the the um, Knights of Camelot um, episode that they kind of have the behind the scenes—the only behind the scenes thing they ever did on Third Watch. Um, I can't remember. It might have been um, Ed Allen Bonero who was talking about it on the episode where he's saying that Carlos Nieto is the most fascinating character on television because he's a paramedic who doesn't care about people. Um, and yes, I, that was Ed. Yeah, and I kind of think that the good thing that this season does, which is where I can imagine that a lot of people would have hated Carlos overall in this season. Like, if you're watching this live, I think they're doing this deliberately. Um, and it's fair enough. If you're watching along this with us for the first time and you're going, why the hell do you love Carlos so much? Like, he's a dick. Um, uh, it's kind of... 
I think it's fascinating with, with what we'll get, particularly when we get to the self-importance of being Carlos, how they kind of overplay this factor that he is a paramedic who doesn't give a shit about people. Uh, but he still has his moments. He's not like complete utter dickery, as we will find out in this episode. He does have moments. And this is where the Doc-Carlos relationship is so good because, you know, he learns from him. He learns from Doc. And you would argue that Doc ultimately learns from Carlos along the way too. It's just a very complicated one. And one of probably the best scene of this episode is a Doc and Carlos scene. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of, it's interesting with Carlos. Yeah, I agree. He would make a terrible Doctor. Um, you know, I wonder if, wonder if they're ultimately going for like, I mean, it would have been cool. Like, cause we, as again, we know Third Watch and um, ER exist in the same universe. ER. If they had of like maybe you know built this up, make Carlos become a doctor, and he has to move to Chicago, and then he becomes a doctor. Like it uh, was it county, uh, was it county in ER county general? Is that what county county general? Yeah. Yes, county yeah. general. Um. So yeah. Anyway, that's a that's an ongoing fan theory that would have been fun. Um. But anyway, so we're back to um just a random scene here. Uh, where we find out about um these kids were skitching. Um, Sully and Davis appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, we also hear about Taylor just talking to, uh, Doc here about Doherty and Brooke went to the Virgin Islands for their, uh, honeymoon. Do you get it? I get it. <laughs> kind of, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're still in love, Doherty and Brooke. Um, then this kind of, um, leads into a nice little scene here around the lunch table. Kind of got an, I love these scenes when everybody stops together to have lunch. And they're all telling stories about their childhood stupidity. I, we, we lose this in Third Watch. Like, we just, you know, this goes away every now and then when they're just having a lunch scene with all the workers. I, I like it. Um, this might be actually the last one we get with Bobby involved. So, um, maybe. I don't know if there's another one in, before he leaves in a few episodes. Because get just there you go. Hashtag Bobby goes nowhere. Well, he's going for good in a few episodes. Um we're actually only, what are we, six episodes away from him leaving. Wow, we're getting very close. Yes. Bobby really going somewhere out of the show. Uh, so we, we obviously learn here, Davis went elevator surfing. Bobby climbed the suspension cables of the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, Bosco chased trains. Uh, <laughs> but can I just point out, Just I'm glad sort of you're here. I'm not saying I'm glad Brady's not here. But, like, uh, you you and I were talking about a few episodes ago about Joey, this little possessed demon child of Kim and uh, Kim and Jimmy. Uh, Kim telling this story, so blasé, of Joey jumping from the fridge, uh, the top of the fridge to a table, getting four stitches. Where's this episode? I want to see Joey jumping from a fridge to a table. Little demon child probably trying to set it on fire. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, jumps off it with a jumps off it with a I don't know what would he have. Oh, what's that that little toy that he had? Uh, what was that one he had a few episodes? I've forgotten his name already. Mister Wompy. Mister Wompy. Yeah, he was jumping off with Mister Wompy. <laughs> little shit. Joey. On fire. Yeah, on fire. <laughs> he set Mister Womp. He set Mister Wompy on fire. Breaking arms, pushing off jungle gyms. Like, why are they not taking this kid to see a doctor? Why? <laughs> How did he get up in the fridge in the first place, Kim? Like, what were you doing, Kim? What sort of mothering are you doing, Kim? Uh- <laughs> really? Wow. You know, I actually, when when I was watching this scene yesterday and Davis was talking about elevator surfing, I actually had, you know, I was actually trying to picture that. You know, not necessarily Davis elevator surfing, but... Well, Sally actually, can. Sally, actually, I can actually picture you doing, doing that. It, you know, what, like... <laughs> 
I can picture you doing that. There we go. I was waiting for you to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a bloody dangerous thing. I mean, out of all of them. I mean, that's the one which I'm thinking, how the hell do you survive that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, okay, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I want to try it, but I <laughs> definitely want to know what it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've heard of it before. I've heard, you know, but, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit dumb. Um, I, I kind of like here when uh, they sort of mentioned about Sully. Sully's like, oh, you know, I did stupid things. I'm not telling. And then they are Doc, and this is kind of everybody having a little go at Doc. Like, oh, he was too busy helping Mother Teresa change bandages. And he's all like, oh, you know, yeah, between the soup kitchen and the Peace Corps, uh, you know, I barely had any time for oh, seeing eye dog training. train those seeing eye dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then oh, we kind of get Doc man. staring at himself in the mirror. So, again... He's contemplating himself because he actually, ooh, he's done stuff. Um, anyway, he's done he's done something that would top everything. Yeah, and this is what. That, ooh, what has he done? done? What has he done? Um, Carlos, we find out, has slept with Janet. I mean, Jane. Um, he goes through a bag. Whoever going to steal the notes? We get shirtless Anthony Rivervar. Ooh, um, and then he. Uh, Sees himself in the mirror with the notes in his mouth and he doesn't steal them. Oh. Um, so we kind of get Doc again, once uh, doing his Jenga, not Jenga, that's a bloody board game. Um, Jiu Jitsu, or I think it's Taekwondo, because we'll get to that in a minute. Um, he's yep. doing Earth. Martial arts. We'll just stick with that for now. Pao Jing, Earth. And he's really going, whoa, 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 whoa. he's really getting into it now. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, next scene, Doc's up early, he's having coffee. Morales is going to be a drug dealer to Doc. He says no. Um, and then we find out Beverly Saunders is called the house. We get a bit of an awkward questioning moment here from Morales. Um, Who's Beverly Saunders? Yeah. This... I mean, fair enough. <laughs> uh, then we get Doc. He's at like an old basketball court just sort of looking around. And we get this cool little... I, I do like the camera work here, though. They sort of spin around Doc. And we get this jazz music in the background. Kind of cool. Um, then we get uh, Doc showing up to the house where Beverly is. She mentioned uh, earlier, oh, I'll be there at 3 o'clock tomorrow. Um, so we, uh, we he shows up and we're about to see who they're going to see. They have a bit of an argument. Um, but actually, no, this isn't that bit either. Sorry, no, he's just seeing her at first. Oh, no, he's... Sorry, I'll correct myself. He's in the hospital room here. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead of myself. I've seen. Um, he's in the hospital questioning Beverly why they want to go see this. It's been 20 years. Um, you can't come back in 20 years later and ruin my life, which is fair enough. Go, Doc. Like, I mean, fuck you, Beverly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just, just no. You're a terrible person, Beverly. Um, anyway, so we're, we're back on the street. We got, uh, we're back at Darla and Charlie's house. Uh, we, our, our beloved couple the other day who were just trying to cook some meatloaf. Um, and yep, and Darla forgot to order takeout. She did, so the house is burnt down. Poor Charlie's dead, um, and Darla's basically about to die. Taylor's trying to get a bit pushy, so she's like, no, I've got this, I've got this, and Doc just decides to be a bit of a dick. He basically is all stubborn, and he's basically saying to Taylor, hey, you've got it, and then and Bobby's kind of stepping in going, hey, Doc, we need your help, and Doc's just basically like, no, Taylor said Alex she's got, got it. got it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a powerful scene. Um... Doc eventually gets in there, then sort of Kim comes in, what happened? Doc was playing God again, um, and then uh, Kim sort of has a passing comment, oh, so you've gone from Saint to the big guy. Doc's like, shut up, and Kim's just like, what's your problem? Bobby, he's one big moment for this episode. Oh, Bobby gets angry. You were out of line, Doc. Uh, I mean, I actually like this scene. It's a, it's a powerful scene, well acted by everyone. 
And it's kind of, it's a nice little character moment for Doc that, you know, he's willing to do this um, to sort of prove a point. Um, this leads us to obviously a scene between him and Taylor, Taylor crying. And does... Does does Darla actually die though? Because I'm pretty oh. sure they revived her, but they no, never. She, but they she's never alive. Say. Yeah, she's alive. Uh, but that's the last we'll see of Darla. She leaves and goes on to Saturday Night Live, so she's fine. Um, Rip Charlie, poor old Charlie, just wanted some meatloaf and wanted to give a little Santa Merry Christmas to Taylor before, but that's all we get from Charlie. Um, now yeah. this is this plot hole continuity error that I've got to point out here in this episode. Bookmark this moment when we get to more of Taylor's backstory. Taylor says to Doc, do you want to know why I took the fire exam? And she tells his story about how a little boy died in her arms, obviously was beaten by, savagely beaten by his dad, and then basically um, was, uh, you know, this story apologising for her father and this sort of stuff. So, basically, the story here is that Taylor was a paramedic first and became a firefighter, clearly, to get away from being a paramedic and having to deal with this tragedy. Because, you know, she says, oh, I didn't want somebody to, you know, let someone die to prove them right. Now, I'm calling bullshit on this. And I, I'm, I'm probably only going to say this is a case of the writers maybe not knowing what they wanted to do with Taylor. I think maybe that the argument here would be Taylor's backstory and this whole sort of thing with her dad didn't really come into play until 9-11, and I would probably argue that would be where that went, and they changed it because um, we get a brief mem- moment uh, mention of her father a few episodes ago. Now, my and again, I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Uh, Barb's listening to this saying that I'm wrong because clearly I never said that Davis and Bosco were partners, but I was wrong. Um, my my thing is that Taylor, and kind of as a bit of a spoiler here, that Taylor became a firefighter first because her dad was so. Uh, anti the fact that she was a woman, that she wanted to prove her dad wrong. And basically her dad was all like, oh, a woman can't be a firefighter. So she proved him wrong by becoming a firefighter and that she became a paramedic to sort of do side shifts to get extra money. That's my recollection of the Taylor storyline. So that's where I'm calling bullshit on this passing moment. It's a passing blink and you miss moment. It's probably like this episode in general. Um, but I don't know if you had any memories of that, Darvell, but yeah, this is kind of continuity, not... backstory, plot hole. This does not make sense in a season's time when we can learn more about Taylor. Not really, although I will say an event like that, what ta- what Taylor describes in this little scene, I mean, that'd be traumatic for anybody. Yeah, yeah. And it would. I'm... So I could understand if that was, if that was part of the reason she um, wanted to become. She wanted to become a firefighter. Yeah, and look, I'm not questioning this as a story. As in, like, it is. You're right. It's absolutely like a enough to turn it in. The point that I'm sort of pointing out here is that they kind of imply that she was a firefighter first, later down the line, and that she went. She became a firefighter because of a dad, not because of this tragic story with a little boy. So, I mean, again, I think the argument could be made here that, again, the writers didn't necessarily have this written out for Taylor, that she came into this. Like, I'm sure on paper they didn't necessarily write her as a character who had daddy issues and was a strong female character who only went into be a firefighter to prove her dad wrong, as it's pointed out. I think that only comes into play when 9-11 happens and there's more of a storyline involving Taylor's father. 
So that would be gotcha. that would be my argument in the fact that this is a blink and you miss it passing moment that you would not remember at all in a season's time because again, as we've argued with Third Watch, you might give it a bit of a free pass when it comes to these continuity errors because again, we live in a moment of TV during this show that you know they're never expecting you to watch this again because back then things aren't being released on DVD, they're not being streamed. You are expected to watch an episode once and then that's it. So they can get away with a lot more of these continuity errors, you know, 17, 18 years ago than you could, you know, 17, 18 years later. So, um, yeah, I think that that's going to be a bit of a passing grade on this little bit of a plot hole. But I just thought I'd point it out anyway, because, you know, once we get more yeah. of Taylor's background, this kind of gets swept under the rug. Similar to, I guess, what's happened yeah. to Doc in this episode. It kind of gets swept under the rug. So, um, you know, just a few little things mm-hmm. in this episode with that. Um, we, and you know, what yeah, what gets ahead. me is the is where she says is where she actually says, well, what kind of a what kind of person lets someone die just to prove they were right? And I can only imagine. I mean, I'd love to know what you know what Doc's what Doc's fate what Doc what Doc's body language was when she when she said that. Because I sort of picture that as him getting that real punched-in-the-gut look on his face yeah. or something. That's the best way I can describe well, pretty it. Pretty much. I mean, that's, that's kind of what it is. And I think kind of like that's just kind of Doc this whole episode, really, when it comes to things. I mean, he's just yeah. he's a bit mentally unstable with these sort of demons. And again, I know I understand that's the point of this episode, is, it, you know, the humanity of Doc. And we're about to get this in this sort of scene here where he's, like, bashing up his friend. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of Doc's losing focus with this sort of stuff coming back in from the past. And I guess this is an ongoing character trait of Doc that, you know, under pressure in certain moments, he can crack. Um, and he's got sort of a temper issue. So, um, I mean, we'll remember that till eventually when Doc leaves the show. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. When we get this scene, sort of, we're back to him. Um, and this is... Only this time he's beaten up on his friend. Yeah, I mean, this is... I get... This is where I was saying, I think this is Taekwondo, because they're kind of wearing the sort of the the body plates that they wore very similar in the Sydney 2000 Olympics, because it was obviously, you know, filmed and released not that long after the Sydney 2000 Olympics. So, uh, I'm thinking this is Taekwondo. <laughs> Any martial arts fans out there can correct me. But um, he decides to spar with his friend, who also knows Beverly. Everybody knows Beverly. Um... And then Doc just basically loses his shit and starts tackling and bashing this guy. This guy just leaves. You need to catch yourself, man! And just walks out. And he throws a chair at the door. Why not? Um, then we get Carlos here. He's been called in to see another teacher. Another dick teacher to Carlos. Maybe not quite on the level of dickery as the other one. Um, basically, his raw data is wrong. He's getting a D. He gets very angry. Um, basically yelling at this teacher... Um, I have it planned, you know, please. Would you- this is important to me. It's a, it's a heartbreaking scene for Carlos. You really do feel for Carlos in this scene. I mean, and, and, and then, of course, at the end, I mean, he, he just goes completely off. He's like, he's like, well, what would you know about it? You're not even a doctor. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, I, the thing I don't get about this is that, like, they kind of imply that he's, he's going so sympathetic that she's going to get, she's going to change the mark. Um... Really? Like, I mean, is that going to happen? No. Clearly it doesn't. Um, but, yeah, it's, I don't know. Like, it's it's, it's a weird kind of scene that they kind of imply, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, um, didn't yeah. know if you had anything down that. But so <laughs> no, yeah, no, nothing, nothing really else to say there. So we then sort of cut from that with Doc's being called into the teacher's office. Um, he's he's Lou Lou Johnson, John Michael Bolger. Oh um, oh, Doc. Oh okay okay, kind of confused me there. Doc called into Lieutenant Johnson. Yeah, not 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 like Dick Teacher at Carlos's college, uh, Darville, but like uh, yeah. as in as in the boss. Um, so yeah, he you know there's something going on I should know about. Taylor obviously has been uh, requesting not to do paramedic shifts, um, and then kind of you know he mentions you're my best paramedic, hate to lose you. Um, and then this is where we get. It is a good scene. Yeah, it's a nice little scene. We like Lieutenant Johnson. Um, we obviously then get this scene where here's Doc and Beverly seeing this uh, little old lady. Um, and who thinks they're together? Yeah, well, because you know the chemistry is so strong. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> well, maybe it was back in the day, but not now. Uh, she kind of, you know, we, we're getting an inkling here. Obviously, these two knew each other for a long time and knew this woman. And Casey, we keep learning, he's a picture of Doc and Casey at Coney Island. Um, and then, you know, this little old lady's telling stories about how she's got 38,000 grandkids. Great. Um, and then Doc decides he wants to leave. Um, which is uh, the heartbreaking scene is this little old lady when he's like, oh yeah, I've got to go. I've got to be somewhere. And she's just like, so soon. Like, oh, stay and have some soft drink and tea, Doc. She's offering you soft drink and really? tea. Come on. <laughs> really? You know, um, we obviously then get... Uh, dramatic tension between Beverly and Doc. No, not Beverly and Doc, please. No, not these two. Um, so we we kind of get this scene. He leaves, and then bitch Beverly. Beverly chases him out. Oh, she's a she's a she's dick. Between her and the professor, the the dick of the week here. Oh, I thought you were gonna tell her. Doc's like me. Like you wanted to do this. You were the one who brought it up. And then basically we learn that growing up, um, this Casey uh, obviously liked a bit of Beverly on the side, just like Doc. Beverly, pretty much the town bicycle. Um, <laughs> I have to say, it. everyone took a ride. Come on, we're all thinking it. Because um, she then says, "I liked having two guys fight over me." Fuck you, Beverly. Uh, <laughs> and let's be honest, a lot of girls do find that attractive. I'm sorry, but a lot of them do. And now we know what happens as a result of that. Yeah, and apparently all guys are assholes. But uh, so anyway, we apparently learn that, uh, you know, actually we won't learn until right at the end here what actually happens uh, with Morales. But uh, Doc storms off. Um, talking about Beverly uh, goes back in for tea. Beverly wants to go in there and listen to the stories. It's her her pittance or pettance or whatever you say. Uh, she was a coward then. She's a coward penitence. now. Penitence. Thank you. Uh, big words and me don't really mix. Um, so anyway, but then we get this. I like this scene here. Do, uh, Carlos is waiting for Doc at his house. Um, and then just kind of Carlos. Just saying, I got a D in genetics. He's just not smart enough to be a doctor. Admits that he slept with a dumpy girl uh, to get good grades. I love how he says, "I slept with a dumpy girl and I thought of you." And then Doc's like, "Me? Like, ew, Carlos? What are you doing?" Um, but then you know he sort of admits that he felt bad about this girl, and then he just wanted to tell someone. And he said, "Oh, I'll see you tomorrow." It's just a nice little scene again. It's kind of the the complicated relationship between Doc and Carlos. As I always say, they don't really show an overall level of bonding until the very final scene in the very final episode, um, which I think mm-hmm. is a great payoff. But you know, it's it's kind of like they're always this pairing that they'll have a good episode followed up by a bad episode. So 
Yeah, yeah. I, I like their relationships. They're good. I don't know. This is this is the best scene of the episode, I think. Yeah. I no, don't have anything to add on definitely. that. Definitely. No. No. Uh, well, then we close it off here. Doc goes inside. He's Morales. Uh, and this is where we learn what Doc did. He basically uh, got into a fight with his KC, came out with him in a brick. Uh, he punched him. He fell backwards, hit his head. He died. And then uh, he lied to the paramedics, said that he tripped, which, again, really, like, if he's fallen backwards and being punched, or was he pushed? I can't remember if he was punched or pushed. Um, he was punched, but you're not going to fall backwards when you get tripped. Yeah, so clearly the cops in, like, 1970s New York just didn't give a shit. Uh, and then kind of we learn from no, Doc here. actually, they didn't. Actually, they didn't, as we will find out as the show... We will, we will. we get into season six. Uh, Doc talking about can't control his temper. Um, and, yep, we get a hug from Morales. And then I kind of like... I do like this closing scene where kind of he's on the... kneels on the ground and just stares at this sort of spot, obviously, where the beloved KC died, and then it... Where it happened. Yeah, and it fades to, to black. That is uh, that is history. Uh, anything else to add on this episode, Darvell? I mean, it's, it's just... Uh, no. it's, it's an interesting one. Nothing to add? You know, I, I, feel like it, I feel like I'd be repeating what you said earlier. A lot of people... And I think it's human nature for us to overcompensate... That's what Doc does, and you pretty much said this earlier, in his role as a paramedic. Because, and you kind of see why he does this now. He's overcompensating. It's like he he thinks that, you know, if I try my hardest to save a life, that'll somehow undo what I did when I was in high school. Yeah. Maybe not undo it, but. Which I think is the point there, the purpose they're going for this episode. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that brings us into our evil or review section, and um, yeah, what are you going to do with this stuff? I'll let you go first this time around. Um, I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna say I would rent it. Okay. Although to tell you the truth, I don't. I can't really give you a definitive answer as to why. Well, I think we've gone over that I just, enough. I think kind of. I, I understand. And look, yeah. I, I kind of in a way, wanted to just buy this for the sake of keeping my streak alive to try and keep a perfect season. I just can't do it. I just, I really can't buy this episode. I'm breaking the streak. 11 in a row. It's come to an end. Um, yeah, it's a bit sad. Renting, renting, renting. And I'm going to say it's like, I kind of thought, would this episode talking about it change it up towards the, the buy? I think maybe I've done the opposite. I'm going with a low rent here too. I mean, this is kind of... Um, you know, I wouldn't bin this one, but yeah, I. it's just a difficult one on the grand scheme of things. And again, the weakest episode of this season and such a great season, it still might be the only one I will not buy this entire season. Again, I'd still watch this episode probably over a lot of season five and season six episodes, maybe a few season four ones. Yeah. Um, and maybe a couple of season three ones, but it's still part of an overall great season. But I think when we get to our recap, uh, this by far will be the weakest episode of the season. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a sh- I mean, again, there's some great stuff in this episode. It's just, you know, not enough to buy it. So the streak's dead at 11. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Hey, go for a twi- 
think you'll be able to go for 12 now? Well, look, we've got 12 episodes left of the season, so possibly. Uh, I'm telling you now, the next episode, I think I can guarantee you is going to be a bin, because... Uh, a bin, a bye. Jesus, what am I talking about? Um, <laughs> what an amazing episode. We go from... Yeah. Pretty average one to a hero's rest. Such a powerful, powerful yes, episode. Great episode. Wow. Great episode. It's like I'm still crying from it. Um, we sort of loosely get a Bosco episode. I mean, Bosco narrates it. Um, yeah. But it's, eh, it's, you, it's tricky with Bosco episodes because Bosco gets episodes. They but aren't. They're, they're not as in-depth Bosco episodes as, like, the Doc episodes or the, the, the Yokus episodes, are they? No. No, and that was my thought when I was watching that when I was watching the episode yesterday. Is that you had said that a hero's rest is a Bosco episode? You had said that at one time. It might have been when we were during our first chat. And when I was watching it yesterday, I was like, "Wait, this? I wouldn't say this is purely a Bosco episode." It's that kind, was my that was my thought. It's kind of like run not of, to take away from it. Yeah, well, it's kind of like Run of the Mule, where you I guess would technically say it's sort of a Sully episode, but it's again, it's more of a, a grand. This is kind of a cop episode. This is, I mean, it's yes. you know, you would argue it's when we get to Honor uh, later this season. That's a firefighter episode. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, this yeah, you would argue this is a cop episode. But I mean, because I think there's a, a heavy Davis storyline in this episode too. But um, you know, I mean, when we when we get to, I mean, even True Love. I mean, these next two episodes are sort of you would argue Bosco episodes. Bosco ish, yeah. But I mean, the thing that sells this, I guess, as a Bosco episode is you know, given that it's obviously narrated by Jason Wiles. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a great episode. This it's it's an emotional one. If you if you're kind of watching these week to week, be prepared to cry. I cried in this episode. And I mean, you know, I always say there's one episode of the watch that always makes me cry. I mean, you know, I've, there's been a few already that's made me cry, but this is bloody powerful episode. It's so well done. It's so well shot, and kind of the closing five minutes. Um, yeah, they oh, might be some best of the most, part of the episode. They might be some of the most powerful scenes we'll ever get in this show. So, um, yeah, if you if you thought season two was kind of losing some steam with history. Yeah, wait till we get into Heroes Rest. It is it is well worth it. Um, yes. Anything else you want to add here, Darvell, before I close it out? Uh, any other thoughts no. or anything you want to mention? No? Well, my other my other quote. My other quote oh, not yet, not yet, not yet. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't give me that yet. Just wait till you close it out. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll give you that opportunity. Sorry. Uh, I, I'm going to quickly <laughs> tag a few things here by saying thanks for listening. Uh, if you like these episodes, remember to subscribe to us. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And if you're on there, please leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, or us on YouTube. And uh, we hope that you are enjoying listening to our coverage here of Third Watch as we continue on. We're at the halfway point of the second season, next episode with the Heroes Rest as well. And I will mention Heroes Rest, the first episode that aired in the year 2001. So we're officially done with episodes that aired in the year 2000. Just a random little thing for you there. I might have mentioned that the last episode. I was wrong. It's actually this episode. Uh, so, yeah, on to 2001. And we obviously know what happened in that year and how this show would eventually change. But anyway, great company here on the Oz Network. My name is Ben, and I'm going to go cook some meatloaf. <laughs> My name's Darvell, and... <laughs> that might have been one of my virgins. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. <laughs> <laughs>